Welcome to The Pulse Podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. This podcast series expands on notable articles originally published at APTA's Pulse blog for PT and PTA students so they can reach a wider audience. Today, Zach Stearns is a practicing physical therapist in North Carolina. But in the spring of 2017, he was about to graduate PT school and was reflecting on his clinical rotations. Zach had good experiences and bad ones, and he admits there were many things he wished he knew before he started. In this episode, Zach shares tips and insight for students about to begin their clinical rotations. Here's our conversation with Zach. Okay, Zach, so before we get started, we should tell the listeners that now you've graduated and you're on to life as a fresh PT, which actually gives you a new perspective on this whole topic of clinical rotations. So tell us a little bit about where you're at and what you're doing currently. Yes, uh, thank you, Amelia, and and thank you for um, having me to answer some of these questions and talk about this post. I am an outpatient physical therapist for Duke University Health System. I live in Durham, North Carolina, and in my clinic that I I work in, uh, we see uh, primarily uh, patients with uh, orthopedic conditions and and persistent pain. So that is primarily what I've been seeing, and I've been working there now just over a year since graduation. Well, that sounds awesome. Going back to your post, so you wrote this about a little more than a year ago. So when you originally wrote this post, um, you had mentioned that there was quite the transition from classroom to clinic, and you mentioned the word interesting. So tell us a little bit about why you use that word and, and about that transition. Yes. So I remember transitioning from the classroom to the clinic, and I imagine that every student's program is a bit different for that transition. Uh, for me, it was uh, very abrupt. There wasn't sort of a phase in. It's just you suddenly go from full-time student where you're thinking about exams and uh, readings and group projects and then going into the clinic, and it, it's so different. It's like a meta- metamorphosis needs to happen. So that, and it also depends very much on your clinical instructor, and I was fortunate to have a clinical instructor who I think was very skilled at um, allowing me to do the things that were comfortable for me while also challenging me at the same time. And so suddenly you're thinking, you have to think on your feet. You think you, you may have learned a lot about some textbook things, but in the clinic, not not as much as this textbook black or white situation. You often have to think in, in shades of gray sometimes and say that you might not have certainty about something. Uh, you might be working with certain personalities or many important issues with, with patients that I, you do, might not feel prepared for. So you might be realizing uh, some of the aspects of pain or of maybe after surgery that you didn't quite think of as much. And so suddenly it's working with with people, real people, that is so different from just reading a textbook. And so that transition is very interesting in that way that you find it's so much more uh, to be a clinician than sometimes knowing the right answer on an exam. And that is that can be a very hard initial transition. I think that many of my classmates would agree that suddenly feel everything is hard. You know, you feel like your head hurts at the end of the day because you have, there's so much effort that goes into so much. And so that, that transition is, is so crucial because that's often why we want to go into this profession, to work with people 
And, and I think what's tough is realizing that you're learning so much at the same time that you might not feel entirely prepared. And that's what's really interesting about it is you're going into it and it's not like you feel 100% ready. However, it is something where you can still do so much good for, for the world, really, for the people you come to see. And that is what is uh, so rewarding. So it's not all challenge, but there's a huge amount of reward to it at the same time. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the first uh, thing that you mentioned you wish you knew before starting your clinical rotations. You th- said that you kind of needed a reality check that you don't know everything. And you kind of hit on this a little bit just now, but like you go from the classroom where you're acing tests and you've got all your labs down, all those things, and then you get in the clinic and there's so much more going on. There's so many more uh, complicated factors added to each situation. So um, what would you say to that student to kind of give them a little bit of, of humble pie, I guess you could say? Um, I think it's just important to remember, uh, I would say, two two things. Uh, one is that no matter what, your clinical instructor has been doing this way longer than you have. And I think that's something I didn't really think about enough going into the rotation. You know, it's easy to think that we're learning the newest stuff. And so students might really feel a, almost a bizarre amount of superiority to feel like we've learned this updated things. And, you know, maybe you see other clinicians um, who do things that, quote, unquote, are not evidence-based or something like that. But it's so important that we have we have something to learn from everyone who's been doing this longer than we have for so many reasons. And the second is that each patient you see is the expert of what's going on in their life. They They know how it feels. And they know how it affects their life. You know, we don't. And that it's so easy to feel like we've learned how to do the right things or maybe we've learned about things, but we really have not learned the things. We haven't learned pain and how it feels. We've just learned about a lot of things that are, for lack of better words, is the best way that we can understand them. And so that is something that it, it really should change the amount of, um, I'm going to say, confidence about it because I think I was overconfident. I was, I thought that I had known a lot, and that's that's really where that point came from is that I don't know as much. And I think that's just really embracing the fact that our patients and our clinical instructors really have so much more experience, in some cases just infinitely more experience about what's going on. And so that's when it's really important for us to listen, not be ready to just maybe preach about something or maybe explain, you know, this is how pain works or or this is really the, the how your condition works. Instead, it's a really a, a time for us to listen. You're right. Like, it's very different going from a textbook scenario to the actual patient sitting in front of you explaining their condition and how they feel. So second thing that you mentioned, um, you said, to quote you, it's tough to feel like you don't know much. So the next thing I would say is to try to know much more. So how did you do that? On my clinical rotations, I very much valued 
trying to learn more about um, what I felt like I didn't know. So I would spend a lot of time researching. I'd, I'd go home and maybe look up a couple articles and feel like whether it's say I, I need I need I need to change the way I treat neck pain. You know, I really need to figure out some good ways to improve my care for neck pain. I need to figure out what what type of ways I could I could be better. And so I might spend I might spend some time researching some articles. But on top of that, um, really making sure that we go out of our way to um, learn in different environments. And so a great example is at conferences where we might uh, find ourselves going to a presentation that, you know, we haven't really thought much about this topic and we don't really know much about it, but here's someone who just knows so much more that can really tell us about that. It also give us a chance to network with others who we can continue to learn from and really can find mentors. And And on top of that, there's so much information out there uh, from other physical therapists or other uh, healthcare providers who are not physical therapists, whether they're blogs and podcasts. There's just always information out there, and it's really special, actually, um, to be a healthcare provider in this time where, you know, we don't have to, say, go find a certain library and dig up a journal and look look through it. You know, we can control F. You can try to find things. You can, you can, we have so much at our fingertips. That's really special. Um, and so that is where it's it's not enough to just say, okay, it's time for us to realize that we don't know a whole lot. We really have to seek things out. And, and that's where if you're on a clinical rotation where you have sort of weekly check-ins about how the week went, this is, this is where it's so helpful. And, and if you don't do that, I, I would actually encourage uh, you to uh, reach out to your CI if you're a student now that uh, to have some reflection, some times to reflect on what went well, what didn't go well, and then what, what you feel like you need to research more or what you feel like you need to practice more. And that reflection is – uh, one of the best ways to try to learn more because that's personalized to you and to how things are going so you can cater your learning to your own strengths and weaknesses. And now for a quick break. Would you like to save hundreds of dollars on APTA membership? If you're a student member of APTA, the Career Starter Dues Program provides discounted membership dues over the first five years of your career. Participants in the program also receive a free registration to APTA's next conference and exposition, the first year after graduation. Learn more at APTA.org slash career starter dues. Now let's return to the show. So the third thing that you said in your article that you wish you knew before going into your clinicals was to be prepared for tough and most of the time constructive feedback. So how do you go about doing that? How do you recommend current students do that? Receiving feedback, I think, is one of the hardest things about going on clinical rotations because I think it's, it, for for many reasons, it is uh, understandable to be defensive about feedback. You know, you go into this profession, um, you really care about it, you want to help people, you want to work with people. You might think that you had to do some things pretty well, or you might think that you learn really well, or you work hard or you're bright, and so you might have these internal thoughts about you. And sometimes receiving criticism can kind of just fly in the face of some of these really helpful, positive beliefs about yourself, and that's okay. But it's important to separate the criticism from your own personal attributes, 
your strengths, your history, your work ethic, and instead think about what it is that's being criticized. So whether it's a manual technique, whether it's the verbiage that you use, whether it's your understanding of a certain condition, whether it's the treatment that you use, um, it could be so many different things. And it's okay. It's not a, it's not a reflection. It's not personal. Um, at least I, it, it's not designed to be personal. Um, but really, the, the clinical instructor's role is to be able to really sort of smooth the edges to guide you in the right direction. Um, and often that means looking at some of breaking down some of the aspects of your patient care uh, that could be better. And, and that's okay. Uh, but I think that that was a hard thing for me initially is sort of taking things personally and saying, well, like, well, I, I care so much. I'm trying so much. And I've, I don't know if I've learned this. And, and it could be easy to be defensive. But it's also so important to really step back and think about how it's not designed to be personal. And so some helpful, actual, tangible, tangible, some, some helpful, tangible strategies that are important to remember are to just pause and, and to not respond immediately when you hear feedback and instead listen for the feedback about the actual technique itself, but not a reflection on you and, and to be grateful for that. And so it's hard to sometimes just to be grateful for criticism, but really that's what can help us to be better and to therefore to really achieve our goals of being good healthcare providers. So we should be thankful. We should be really happy to have things pointed out to us where we can improve. So what I would try to do, and I didn't, it took me to the last rotation to actually do this, um, the very last one. And so, therefore, I apologize to actually my, all my clinical instructors, of one, two, and three. But for the fourth one, I was able to pause and say, oh, thank you for that. Um, and that would really be a special moment because then the clinical instructor is also at ease. I'm thinking about this now as a physical therapist who, uh, you know, pretty soon will probably take a full-time student. And I can imagine that I would be afraid to give feedback because I don't know how that feedback is going to be taken. But if the student were to say, I think you're for pointing that out. You know, you're absolutely right now that I think about it. I totally could have done better. Um, I'd like to figure out how to do better at that. I would think that that was a, would be a very special response and a response that I could really work with as a, as a clinician. So it took me, um, I guess, about a year to, to to get to that spot where I realized that you know, I, should, I should be grateful for this, and I should I should really thank the this clinical instructor for pointing that out to me. And so, if you could practice that, um, you could even reach out to your friends, friends you trust, your parents, uh, good good uh, professors, teachers, of ask like how how could you do better? Like knowing knowing that you know me, how can I be better? and practice that chance to be grateful for that feedback before you get into the clinic where it might be public, it might be in front of a patient, it might be very, very hard. So it would be a good chance to practice that and look for feedback and to practice gratitude for it. So as we mentioned, you're graduated, you're working in, as a clinician now. Uh, what things, if any, would you add to this list if you were to write this blog post now, having time spent in the clinic as a fresh PT, as going through all your clinical rotations, would there be anything that you would add to this uh, blog post now? That is an excellent 
question, Amelia, and I have spent a lot of time thinking about this of what I would change, and there is something I would change, and I would actually be my new number one. It would be my new first thing to think about. What I would say is it's not about you. So what I mean by that is that our healthcare industry as a whole, especially physical therapy, is, is, is framed around the patient's who come to see us. We exist so that others can be happy and healthy, so that they can do the things that they want to do in life. And sometimes we make it about us. Sometimes we make it about how we're doing what makes us happy. Or maybe we're so good at being physical therapists or healthcare providers or how much we know or the experience that we have and that's just not the truth. The truth is that our encounters with patients are about patients. And we need to really reflect on the fact that we have so much to learn from the patients we see. And we could always be better in some way. We could always work with certain personalities or certain cultures. Um, in order to improve our ability to connect with patients who see us. And this kind of is about realizing that uh, our ego can get in the way. Uh, and if we can realize that early, we can do so much. We can we really find so much improvement in our character and our skills. But really more importantly, really increasing the value of our time the value of our time in the clinic, but really the value of our time on earth, that we can really connect with one another and grow and, and be able to increase the amount of happiness and health in the world. And so I ended up taking, it took me a while to realize that, you know, like sort of my mission is to try to liberate the world from pain so that we can all be happy. And it took me a while to realize that. I didn't realize that initially going into the profession. But that's my mission. I, I want I want others to be liberated from, from their pain so they can do the things that they want to do, so they can live a fulfilling life, so they can live as long of a life as they want to and do all the things that they want to do. And that's not about me at all. That's that's something I care about, but it's about it's about others who come to see me. It's about their pain and it's about their struggles. And I think going into internship, I was just really consumed, uh, um, I think, with what I knew or what I thought I knew. And it can be easy to do that going forward into our careers, uh, maybe thinking about our, our own credentials, our certifications, our training, where we went to school, uh, maybe some of our skills that we realize that we have and, and, and get really inflated egos about that. And that gets in the way because at the end of the day, you know, when I, when I, think, when I think about the work that I, I will have done in my career, what matters is that I feel like that I made a difference for someone. And if, if we can at least make a difference about one person, then this will have all uh, been worth it. And so that's why it's, it's really not about you. It's, it's not about me, but about the people we see. And now for a quick break. Physical therapy takes center stage in Chicago for next 2019. Join over 2,000 fellow physical therapy professionals June 12th through 15th at a personalized conference that will energize and inspire you. 
connect with some of the industry's top thought leaders, explore beyond your specialty, and get engaged with exclusive interactive content. Register before Friday, April 5th, and save 25% off on-site rates. Register today at APTA.org next. And now, let's return to the show. Last question for you. Now, for current students, whether they're going through clinicals, whether they're about to start clinicals, whether they'll be in the classroom for a little bit longer, any advice or words or just a thing that you want them to remember? Just something that you want them to to come away with and, and remember that when they're either struggling in their clinical experience or in the classroom or they're thriving. Um, just something you want them to remember. A good thing to remember is just to reflect and not just critically, but also positively. So a lot of what I've spent time talking about is, is maybe some of our weaknesses or maybe some ways that we really should find more humility, but it's important to reflect in the positive as well. And so one thing that I've gotten in the habit of doing uh, since being a clinician is uh, is reflecting in two different ways. Um, one is that uh, I do this thing. It's called the three good things exercise. And it's, and I have, it, I have, I do it every day and I reflect on three good things that happened. Um, I set up my um, phone to remind me to do that with an app. And so I have it reminded me, reminded me at the end of the day at work. And I specifically think about good things that happen um, in the clinic. And it's important because I found after a few months of being a clinician that it's easy to get hung up on where things don't go right and maybe when things are really, really hard. And I think that's why a lot of burnout happens because it sticks with us when things go really hard. But I found that when I really forced myself to reflect on it, I, I, would, I realized, like, actually, a lot went well today. But it's just it's easy to think about where things could have been better. So I would have a daily reflection on what goes well and then more of a weekly reflection on what was challenging this week, what can I learn more for next week, and what could I practice more for next week. And you might be in a spot where this is sort of uh, hardwired into your clinical rotation, but what it might be all hardwired on what you're struggling with. And so, therefore, it might be a really good thing to take it upon yourself to reflect positively. What are you happy about? What went Right, and that can actually, actually, a lot of research has shown that can lead people to actually be happier. And so, um, find a find a way to complement your reflection in clinical rotations, and, and also kind of in life, about what is going well, and what did you struggle with? Because the odds are that your clinical rotation, or maybe your just education in general, might not do all that might only reflect on what you need to improve. and But if we can reflect on what's going well, that can make a huge difference for our energy uh, to be able to be excited to go in to the clinic each day um, to realize the value that we offer uh, instead of just getting hung up on what's hard. Well, Zach, thank you so, so much for this conversation. I think students are really going to have some gems to take away from it. Thank you so much uh, for for offering uh, the chance to talk about this post. And I'm, I'm really happy uh, to hear that, you know, that these, the words of the blog post kind of made sense and, and that they uh, offer some value uh, to others. And I want to encourage you know, everyone listening that um, I'd be happy 
to dis- discuss it further or reflect about anything and or even just to answer questions on on some challenges that you might have in the clinic. Um, I, I take a lot of value in that to be able to be connected with one another um, in general, uh, but especially in our in our practice because we're, we're a unique profession. We spend a lot of time with people, and it can be very, very hard um, in a lot of different ways, but also extremely rewarding. And that's often, I think, why we choose this profession is because of the rewards we have of spending so much time with people and being able to address so much of their health. But it also takes an incredible amount of energy, and for that I just want to offer everyone listening that I'd be happy to connect with you uh, in some way so that we could elevate our care together. To read Zach's original blog post, Three Things I Wish I Knew Before Starting My Clinical Rotations, visit the Pulse blog at apta.org pulse. APTA podcasts like this one are available on iTunes and Google Play, or visit apta.org podcasts. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Thanks for listening.